Brotherhood, multiplication, restoration. We are Sin Network. We're a family, planting churches together. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Today, we're talking with Troy Nesbitt, director of the SALT Network, about the strategy behind church planting on major university campuses. Troy, it's good to it's good to see you in more ways than one. Yeah, you know, really, I mean, it's always a pleasure mm-hmm. coming out. I feel like you know, in the time that we've known each other, I've learned so much from you, you know, and just in in so many different ways. I mean, today I'm you know we're going to talk specifically. I hate to put you in a box because I right. know how much you like boxes, <laughs> but we're going to talk about specifically collegiate ministry. You know, okay. I mean, you are the director of the Salt. Network. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are mentors to so many that have started college ministries and sought companies and all that throughout. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, talk to me a little bit about how that came about, you know, and how you got into college ministry. Yeah, well, uh, actually, my dad pastored a church in Ames, Iowa, which is the home of the Mighty Cyclones, Iowa mm-hmm. State University. And when I graduated from Bible school, uh, I wanted to go in ministry before I went to seminary. And uh, the Baptist Student Union back in 1985 was looking for someone to work with freshman students. So that's how I got my start. Yeah. So as the first job I had out of Bible school, was working with freshmen at that time as a small campus ministry, and I think there were about 10 freshmen who attended the group, and so I discipled those freshman guys, and that was, that was my beginning of working with college students. Yeah, so th- how was those early days, you know, formative to even impacting the, how, what you're doing today? Well, the, the great thing about that is uh, working with college students, I really learned that college students were eager to hear the gospel, and, you know, they're in that liminal stage of life when they're making life decisions. Mm-hmm. And when a college student decides to follow Jesus, uh, the majority of those students will stay with him to the end of the road. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I worked with 10 men that first year, and eight of the 10 became leadership students in the ministry the next year. And so that, that actually began for me kind of the idea of I could give myself to this. And uh, seeing adults uh, follow Jesus and to begin to think about man, this is going to be the rest of their life, was super exciting. And well, this is so near and dear to my heart, because as a person who wasn't raised Absolutely. in the church, you know, and came to know the Lord in college, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of the, that stat that you just brought out, of like staying out my prayers that I remain, but it's, mm-hmm. that is, it's just like they're so influential, so ready to kind of figure out their life. Because, I mean, it seems like all the trends say that people leave, in, yep. you know, church and college, but you're kind of like, no, I'm going to go after that age group. Right. Um, that yeah, seems... and the trend's horrible. Uh, 70% of the uh, kids who grew up in solid churches walk away from Jesus their freshman year in college. Mm-hmm. And and why? Yeah. I mean, they grew up in Christian homes. They were in good churches, but... it. All of us are going out for that adventure. You know, we want to taste the world. We are all prodigals in some sense. Yeah. And everybody has a story. Talk to anybody. You talk about their freshman year in college, and they will say, that's, that's the time that I decided to run in the ditch. Yeah. So it's not only Christians who decide to be really Christian or who decide to walk away from it, but a lot of people come to college now with unchurched backgrounds, mm-hmm. and they're looking for answers. They're studying. They're being questioned. 
and to present the truth of the gospel in that stage of life when so many are broken and empty, and if they respond to it, you talk about growing like a weed. Mm. I mean, they just go, and everything is new to them, and introduce them to the Holy Spirit, and they find a true relationship and someone that they can follow and pursue, and it's it's energizing. Yeah, so you started off targeting freshmen, right? Right. Where the trend is like many Christians are leaving. <laughs> right. But you said it's the fertile ground. And, you right. Know, but you also began a church. You started a church. Like, how was that road going from being on the BSM, being with the BSM, targeting freshmen, to planting a church, to being a collegiate church? Like, yeah. how, how does how does that? Yeah. So, so we we talk about uh, uh, lanes for reaching students, and we all understand parachurch, uh, and then there is uh, the collegiate church. There is uh, bolt-on student ministry, and then there's churches that go hard after students. And the reason we talk about those lanes is because that is the progression of what happened to us. I was working with— So when you uh, talk about the lanes, you're talking about like the different way yeah, churches how students, approach yes, yes. reaching. Like our okay. denomination, it used to be uh, a BSU, now it's uh, BCM. Okay. Baptist Campus Ministry. And if you're in the Midwest, Iowa State University, uh, not a lot of Baptist students, not a lot of people looking for a Baptist student ministry. Yeah. And so one of the first things that we did is we recognized, hey, we, we want to be uh, a church that reaches students, and we want to reach all the students at Iowa State University. And so we changed the name to Salt Company. We connected to that to that local church, and God began to grow that ministry. And it wasn't long until the salt company as a ministry outgrew the church. And there's always a tension between the emerging generation and the former generation, between the way things want to be done and the next generation and the things, the way things have always been done. And so that conflict began to arise. And my dad was the pastor. Yeah. And so we didn't want to multiply like a lot of our churches do by conflict and splitting, yeah. especially when it's your dad that looks really bad. Right. And so, you know, I had a conversation with him, appealed to him and said, Dad, you know, we've never planted a church, although you've always talked about planting churches. How about if we plant a church to reach college students? Mm -hmm. And they embraced the idea, and the church blessed us as we went out. And in 19... So I started college ministry at Iowa State in 1985. Mm -hmm. uh, we changed the name to Salt Company in 1987. And in 1994, we started Cornerstone Church with the specific purpose of planting a church to reach college students. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it was almost all college students. We have 23 community people mm -hmm. and over 200 college students. And so we were known as the college church or the student church. Mm -hmm. So that was the collegiate church okay. period. But uh, then 1999, we actually built a facility the community began to come into Cornerstone Church, and that's kind of the genesis of how, how we started. Yeah. Uh, so 1994, we started the church to love students, and now uh, we're 25 years old as a church, and God has really blessed it. That's awesome. Give, give me those categories again. You, you use the word yeah, sure. Hold on. Like, give me the yeah, so, so parachurch ministry. Think of uh, BCM. Uh, it's a denominational parachurch. We all know about Camps Crusade for Christ, Navigators, InterVarsity, uh, you know, others that are there. Parachurch. Parachurch, right? Uh, 
What's number okay, two? Okay, then secondly, there's Bolton. There are a lot of churches that are in college towns who have a collegiate pastor or something, and they have a college ministry like they would have a youth ministry or a college ministry like they would have a children's ministry, usually one staff, and they try to reach college students in their church. The other wave is actually people are planting churches on college campuses for college students. Okay. okay. What do you call that? Third okay. Wave. That's the third one. Collegiate church planting. Collegiate so church it's planting. college students. So number one is just all students, but it's not connected to the church. Right. Number two is students. So it's a church with college students. Mm-hmm. Three is a church for college students, okay. you know, and of college okay. students. And and ours, uh, we we believe disciples are be trained in the context of the local church, of families to be multi-generational, mm-hmm. the older and the younger. And so we call what we do uh, a church that loves college students and puts reaching the next generation on the front of the bus. Okay. And so we want to bring students into the context of the local church, give them that family experience, but always let them set the pace of who we are. Not the former generation, but the emerging generation. So is that a fourth? The fourth one is, okay. you know. That, I think that is yeah. so helpful. Yeah. That is so helpful. I'm just thinking about Blueprint specifically. And right. It's kind of like, you know, you've been coaching and helping and journeying. Yeah. It's so interesting <laughs> because you think, like, I'm I'm the college guy. Like, I was came to know the Lord in college. I started off in college ministry. But I would say right now we kind of have a bolt on right. kind of approach. And I desperately want to kind of shift that because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're in Atlanta. We're in a city that has over 250,000 college students yes. that are here. And I was just like, man, like think about the capacity and the, the potential yeah. impact that we could have in so many different ways. Yeah, and, and so many places are like that, Heidi. You know this. Uh, and the church has gone away from the campus. And yet you go to any major campus in North America and you will see these beautiful, monumental, historic church buildings and no students attend there. And uh, we were just at, we're going to plant 2021, the Ohio State University, right? (laughs) And so so there's 60,000 students there. It's the largest largest university in the Midwest. There are also 30,000 students that are just at you know, a, another college in town, two million people in the city. We did research on all the churches trying to reach students at Ohio State University. Mm-hmm. 25 churches on the best websites to good churches. Of those 25 churches, only one of them was strategically trying to reach students. Mm-hmm. And only one other of them even had a staff person devoted to reaching students. And they're within two miles of the campus. Yeah. So 60,000 yeah. 18 to 22-year-olds Everybody knows about the Ohio State University, yeah, and no one has reached them. Why? Yeah. So, what would you say to a, a church like mine, um, a church that is they're like, man, I'm in the midst of these college students right now. At best, I have a bolt on. I know that that's not working. You know, I even have other college camp ministers, mm-hmm. parachurch that come to my church. You know, and so, and I feel this responsibility because there's some college like, right. how do I wrestle with that tension? How do I navigate? do that to determine what my next step is. Yeah, first of all, we're grateful for anybody reaching the next generation, aren't we? I mean, so many of us were shaped by that that period of our life. But I would say this, uh, Dahadi, uh, there are a lot of fish in the ponds in Atlanta too, aren't there? Yeah. How many have you caught? Well, uh, I don't know. 
It, do you fish in Atlantis? No. No, I mean, you so don't. Zero. Right, right. Yeah. So, and, and, and I've discovered that uh, people who don't fish don't ever catch any. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and until you decide, I need to go catch these fish, there has to be a reason. Something has to motivate you to say, this is valuable. And here's what we pursued, Dottie, and, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but students don't pay the bills. Yeah. And since students don't give the money, there's no advantage to us to reach the college student. Mm-hmm. And so we've drifted away from campus, but at the turn of the century, uh, when all of these churches were on these campuses, what were they realizing? The emerging leaders are there. If you want to be a part of a movement of God planting churches, you got to get the emerging leaders. And you got to see the future. You got to invest in the future of what they will become rather than walk away from them to get the resources that you would want now, which is financial, to actually pursue the leaders and know that in time that will pay off dividend. It's a long term approach yeah. you know, to those things. And so I would say, first of all, you got to focus on college students. And that's why we, we say we're churches who love college students and let them set the agenda for who we are. Yeah. Uh, and then secondly, you got to staff for them. I mean, if, if you want to deal with your children, what do you do? You try to hire a children's worker. Mm-hmm. If you want to do a better job reaching middle schoolers, what do you do? You hire someone to work with middle schoolers. And so our largest staff team is always uh, our staff that are reaching students. Yeah. And so that's... And the primary people that I work with, uh, even when I was leading Cornerstone Church, and even now the primary people that uh, our lead pastor works with are are those men and women who are discipling and reaching students. Yeah. So you have the SALT Conference coming up. And, we have you know, the SALT Conference coming up. So in that, um, there's two questions. One, what is that about? Like, like what are the type of people that are attracted to that? Like, if, if I'm a leader that I want to know, do I come to that? Is it for students? Like... Who comes so, to that? So we're just now, uh, Dahadi beginning to expand it just a little bit. Uh, before, it was just a family gathering. Uh, now we have 14 salt companies around the country, uh, as far east as Penn State. Uh, we are going to be planting Colorado State next year. We go as far south as Missouri State and as far north as uh, University of Minnesota right now. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, students love to get together and all of the ministries to get together for a conference. And we decided to make our spring conference all about church planting. Mm-hmm. So the whole heart of the, the conference is trying to get students, when they graduate, to be a part of our church plants. Mm-hmm. And so uh, everybody, you can't escape junior high, mm-hmm. you know? And so you wanna know who else is going somewhere and who you're going with is more important than where you're going. And so our students, they get introduced to our church planters. They get introduced to the churches that we're planting. Because if you're in just one location, you might not know the next place that, yeah. that churches are going to be planted. And are you so. coaching and training towards one of the four or all of them, the church that loves college students? Or, like, if, I'm, if my first step is a boat one, like, how are you coaching towards you know, different places. Is it kind of like a church that loves church planters is kind of the strategy that you guys, that I would expect to come and to get there? Or can I come and learn both on strategy at that there? Yeah, so uh, we have hitchhikers, and that's to learn our system. Okay. Uh, the spring conference is all about motivating our students. students Go okay. to, for example. Okay. That's yes, a big I'm thing. Okay. okay, and so all the students, uh, you want to be 
if, if you want to start a multiplicating thing, you got to get the goers. Yeah. yeah. Students come to cities to leave. Okay. And so what we're trying to do is we're just trying to direct where they go. Okay. They're already going. You're helping college yes. students to take their next missional step. Absolutely. You know, what that looks like. And you're trying to influence them to say church planning is a, a great option in order to do that. No, we say it's the only option. It's the only option. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. More, <laughs> yes. More what are you doing? Your like, yeah. 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 You know, my mom used to always say to me, what in the world are you doing? Yeah, and, and that's really what we say with the students. Yeah. What in the world are you doing? And it's not only uh, national church planting, being involved in the church that reached the next generation to send to the ends of the earth, but it's global church planting as well. That's good. So we have 100 global cities that are identified. We have 400 uh, major campuses that have been identified where we want to plant churches. And so we try to get every one of our graduates to be in one of those places. Yeah. So if we're, if I'm sitting here and I'm, whether I'm a church planter aspiring to think, man, like I'm really considering to be on or near a college campus, what would be some of the things that you would have that church planter to consider, you know, before making that plunge? Yeah, I would say please. If you are feeling the call of God to to plant a church, and if you study history, you will know the movements of God have always been on the backs of believing prayer and young people. And so, I mean, look at your life. Look at my life. Ask any major leader about what were your college years like. They were shaping to them. And so I think, Dahadi, that we're going to lose the future if we don't get back to the campus. And so there are people that are lost in the cities. We know that. There are also campuses in the cities. But there are also people that are lost in these college towns, and thousands will go to these towns, and people aren't reaching them. And where do those cities, where do those students go when they graduate? To the cities because that's where the jobs are. And one of our churches in Minneapolis, we started day one, there were 300 in the church Mm. because our graduates had gotten jobs there and we had so many alumni, we began to think, we could start a church there Mm. because we already know a whole bunch of people who already are familiar with our strategy and been discipled and we can pull them together and provide a pastor for them and start a salt company at University of Minnesota and day one, yeah. uh, you know, church 300. That's good. Couple more questions. Okay. One is what reading, what resources, like if I'm interested in doing that, like where would you send me to kind of do some research about collegiate church planning, starting, you know, a clean church near or on a campus that I want to love college was like, where would you point me to? That's, that's a great question. I don't have a great answer for you. Yeah. There's no book that comes to my mind. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of books on planning. There's stuff on your website? Uh, oh, absolutely. We have, we have stuff that we have produced. Yeah. Um, but there's not really any books that yeah. have been written about this yet or strategies or... Okay, I mean, well, you failed on that answer. We, Let me we, we recommend answer. your books, De Hardy. <laughs> Let me give you another one. Among Wolves. Yeah, try that one. Try that one. Hey, try that one, please. Um, all right. So I guess the other question that that I would ask is, like, where 
what do you feel like is hindering us as churches from doing it? I mean, because your, your call is compelling. I think people right, would agree right. with you. But even people, you I know this is not the first time that you beat that drum. Yeah, but so, it still doesn't seem like it is happening. So, to, like, what would you say is hindering us from that? Our churches are bad. Yeah. You know, uh, students are consumers, yeah. especially lost students. Mm -hmm. And if you want to say the right thing about God and Jesus Christ, you need to say it in a way that's compelling. And uh, the inter I mean, the, the who is better than God? Yeah. <laughs> and what is better than a relationship with Jesus Christ? Yeah. And yet, even Christians dutifully go to church because it's awful. Yeah. And we need to give back to presenting the gospel in a way that Jesus is honored and he will draw men to himself. Yeah. He said, if I be lifted up, right? And so I, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. I love my dad. He's a godly guy. But that church was always living in the past mm -hmm. and trying to get the next generation to live like they did mm -hmm. rather than leaning to the future and say, let's, let's exalt Jesus in this generation and celebrate what he is doing and the good that he has done and watch changed lives. Um, you know, our churches don't baptize many adults. Mm -hmm. And uh, this year, uh, in our 14 churches, uh, we were able to baptize 642 people. Okay. Uh, the vast Lord, majority yeah. of those were adults. The vast majority of those were college students. And five of our 14 churches, 10% of their congregation, they baptized. Yeah. And so you think about all that new life. Yep. When a college student gets saved, what were you like when you first got right. saved? Yeah. And you're a leader. Put you in a church. You energize the whole church. And when people began to see the story after story after story of changed lives, and we we let the people who lead them to Christ's baptism, baptize them. That's what I love. And you don't just, hold back punches. Oh, yeah. Hey, bad churches. Yeah. We need to get better at being doing the church, presenting yeah. the gospel. And at the same time, like think about the eternal fruit that we can have, the generational, the repercussions. And so... Troy, man, I really appreciate it. it oh, I love being here. Good. It's Connect always good talking you. to you, man. It's always good hearing from you, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. Love you, man. You have been listening to We Are Sin Network, a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.